Previously on the censor, Brother Kaibin has been given the responsibility of caring for Hikadoff, a baby that has been left in the abbey of Tel Bathud. He is willing and honor-bound to this task, but he fails to realize some of Hikadoff's basic needs, chiefly the need for food that a newborn can consume. Despair is general at this time, but hope is rekindled when he discovers that a woman is visiting Tel Bathud every day. Her name is Beska, the bold wife of the grocer, and she agrees to care for Hikadoff until he is able to eat solid food. Though it is a boon to the worried Kaibun and the helpless Hikadoff, it is a burden to Beska, who will soon augment her house with a plurality of hungry mouths. The Censor by Seth Brady Chapter 9 The Dying Child So, hidden beneath Beska's blouse, Hikadoff was carried down the spiraling path about Tel Bathud. He was sleeping his first satisfied sleep while he was carried, and he would not wake up until he was in a real crib in Leban in Beska's bedroom. The small room was shared by two of their younger children, a boy named Sharud, and a baby girl that Leban deemed too young to name. This girl shared the crib with a much younger Hikadoff, where she gazed upon the pink and wrinkled iota that cried often and, and drank greedily of the milk that she had long given up. Baby, she said to the smaller one, and touched her forehead to his. He was agitated by this and set up an anxious whimpering, for he was a small creature born in fearful bedlam. The next week she did this again, and he looked at her with wide, green eyes for a long time. She smiled, and he could off smile for the first time in his life. Leban did not name this girl because she had overgrowing yanodes that threatened to become sickened, and both he and Beska feared that she would die like the other three. A Hosea cleric named Lysagam came down from the tell to look at her strange shoulders, because that abbey was infinitely indebted to them. Lysagam entered their sad house with the air of a hero before the fact, knowing that the situation was dire, but that it only needed the knowledge of Limning to save this sad baby. They showed him the shoulders and the hip sockets, which were woven over with some strange growth like cypress roots, and the cleric seemed to deflate. We call that Gudin's penitence. It is muscles propagating from her sockets. Gudin, in her infinite heart, explained Lysagam, wish for all people not to rely on limners and limning. But this was only a half-measure, because it was not the will of Yos. So, some babies begin to grow limbs of their own, ones made of flesh and bone like in the rest of the body. But Yos's will forever endures, and they cannot survive it. The grieving grocer was not mollified by this. You cannot save her. She will be in Gudin's woven arms by next week, said Lysagam. You can satisfy yourself that this is also a sign that she has no original sin. 
This was days before Hikadaf was placed alongside her in the crib, and it was clear as she gazed into the boy's wondering face that she was not troubled by her doom. Though Beska was the source of all sustenance and cleanliness, this nameless infant girl was the first person to hold his attention for long stretches of time. Baby, she said, and the muscular growth on her shoulder sockets would swell towards Hikadaf. The pain and futility of this gesture would make her wail pathetically, and the boy would wail along with her. He did not remember this moment, but he always remembered her pain. A month later, the girl was a year old, and she had not died. In fact, the muscles on her sockets were not growing along with her, and would soon disappear altogether. Leban again called the cleric Lysagon down to their house, who entered their house with the somber and consoling manner of the sad grandfather before he laid eyes on the girl again. I assume this child was dead, and that you called me down here for a service. But she's alive, and the evil growth is growing smaller. I have not seen this, and none of my predecessors had told me of such a turn. So, said Libin with hope, do you figure that she will not die after all? No one has survived this wretchedness, said Lysagam. But there she is, as gay and motive as a child ought to be. I cannot say that she will not die, Leban, but I am not as certain as her doom as I was a month ago. Beska overheard this talk and entered the bedroom without her scarf, so that Lysagam needed to avert his gaze. So this baby is a year old, older than any dying baby I have ever heard about, she said. Can I give her a name now? Beska, dear, your modesty, exclaimed Leban. This is a cleric of the tell. That abbey owes us overmuch from groceries, not to mention how much they owe me for that little Hikadoff. Beska's eyes widened in sudden fury and added, Hikadoff, this poor bastard has a name at the age of one month, while our girl is still nameless at a full year? Do you mean to keep a name from this one too? She passed her hand over her massive belly and was silent. The rest were silent as well, except for Hikadoff, who was distressed by the Fuhrer. You are correct in this, wife of Lepin, said Lysagam in his deepened humility. We owe you at least our respect, and we shall never presume to demand your modesty. Allow me to suggest a name for this baby girl, who has set in our hearts a tremendous relief. You should name her Elimache, the Bashek woman who was the wife of Jerok, the brother of the teacher Tobed and the prophet of Yos. She was similarly afflicted, but Jerok had found her and brought her into the father's light. Then she was cured in the holy baths and wed to Jerok, with whom she bore Besai, who was the ancestor of Thudes the king. That is a good name for a girl who has suffered a soul and might yet flourish, added Leban, who never meant for the brothers of Telbathud and his wife to be at odds. Elimacha, mused Beska aloud. Yes, it sounds like a queen's name, but I shall call her Elim at times, because I do not like the names that sound long and ring with the old chronicles. It brings to mind that there was some sort of tale behind Hika's name. There was general confusion at this, especially with Leban. Hika? 
Whom do you mean, dear? I suppose you mean Hikadaf, asked Lysagam. This tiny crowbar here? Ah, but someone told me that our brother Kaibanit cared for a little child named Hikadaf. And now that I think of it, this must be the boy. Well, Hikadaf of legend was a friend and comrade to Tobed, who followed him and his people into the basin of Gudentoig, where Yos himself had promised that there would be a fertile valley. However, there were the Bashek tribes there, and it was only Hikadaf that had the wily nature to best those wicked men and deliver the land back to the people. Yes, it may have been in some book about the great teacher and some horde of monsters, said Beska, but this boy's mother did not know that story, for she was only a conveyance of God's word in that matter. Lysagam nodded at this, as if Beska was finally understanding a basic tenet of his faith. So too is every act of man on this earth sealed by his will, as Yos has promised the fulfillment of his ultimate machination. Well, I have fulfilled my obligation to little Elamacha, as I hope you will call her. I will now return to my duties upon the tell. So the cleric left as he originally entered, with the air of a sacred benefactor whose intervention was the power of God. None of those present doubted that it was indeed a divine act that rescued the girl, but all had doubted it was by Lysagam's hand. Let us leave these children to sleep said Leban, as he took his wife's hand and led her out of the bedroom. As they entered the kitchen and rounded the table, Leban staggered to his knees. He was sobbing, for there was a tide of emotion in him that he was hitherto unaware of. As he further descended, he clasped his wife's skirt and put his face into it. Beska had braced herself on the table so that she was not pulled down with Leban, and she felt a change, that tremendous tightening, that had visited her seven times before was on her at that moment. She cried loudly and shook Leban off her. Yes, dear, she said through her pain. The girl will live, but she won't sleep now. Bring Hogoff's wife and tell her to bring the midwife Akushirna. If I die, dear Leban, remember that that foundling boy will die as well. So Leban leapt from his abject position and went for Hogoff's house while Beska made her painful way back to the bedroom. All the while she prayed to Yos and Gudin and all their attendants that she would survive. After the midwife Akusherna arrived with Wievam, who was Hogoth's wife, Leban felt it safe to leave her fate in God's hands. Though Beska pled him not to stray too far away, he went half a mile into another district he knew little about, so he could keep his wife's agony from his conscience. Chapter 10 The Nameless Newborn She birthed the girl after the usual ordeal of agony, and she was relieved that her husband was not there. Akusharna and Weavum had agreed to stay until he returned, and she did not want them to leave. There was nothing expected of her at this moment, when he could often the new baby fed from her breasts. The two women were content to speak among themselves as Beska languished in her relieved exhaustion. There was this measure of that holy wine that was brought the other day, 
said Wee Avum, a small Baxon woman with plain, two-fingered hands. Because I had grown those root cultivars and given them to the tell. Oh, that is good, said Akusherna, who was midwife to nearly all the district, so she had made herself as much of a career as Yosa's law would allow. Though she was compensated, it wore heavily on her countenance, for her husband was idle and had little interest in work. I'm glad that those brothers are giving you something in trade for once. I would scold you for that, but I can't argue, said Weavum. I believe I did passably in this endeavor, if I might indulge in some pride. I thought these plants do ill in the sun, and so we make a great labor of digging caves and wide warehouses so that they can grow in the shadows. Did you know this? Yes, I knew this, said Akusherna. Oh, yes, you would think that they are looking upon a grand basilica of Yos, but it is truthfully a house for root vegetables, explained Weavum. Yet we have all this wide space on the floor of our houses. Quiet some, Weavum. Those babies are sleeping. Oh, they are. Weavum was silent for a moment, then continued. So I broke the mortar in the bedroom and found there to be rich loam underneath. It was as if earthworms had been at it. That does not seem probable, countered Akusherna. Do not doubt me, woman, said Weavum, for you have tasted the fruits of my bedroom yourself. I would rephrase that, said Akusherna, if I had said that myself. Then was silent for a moment. She gave a brief, very loud laugh, then covered her mouth and gazed at Beska, whose eyes had opened at the sudden noise. Weavum had turned a darker brown in her shame because she did not wish to disturb her friend. Do not feel shame, neighbor, said Beska. I wish there to be laughter in this room, for Yos hangs in the air like incense, and these little croba receive the joy as a healthful boon. So there was silence again, because Beska had spoken a rich mystery. How could Yos be in the room, in the room that was so peaceful and quiet, would it not stand to reason that the presence of God would be heralded by the blinding light of the Congress or by a wrathful gale? It would not go unnoticed by two women, no matter how involved in conversation they were. Oh? asked Akusherna. How can that be? said Weavum. Beska was a little annoyed by this. I don't know. I thought I would say it and I said it. Is that all right with you? It is fine to say what's on your mind, said Weavum who was nearly weeping in her surprised hurt. But I must have wondered how Yost could be in this room, and yet the air is so still and the shade is so heavy. That is all I was thinking. I know that. I apologize. I am so weary and so depleted, for I've been constantly nursing one or more children for more than a year. You might not know how this weighs on the body, but I feel as though I am 40 years old, even though I am only 27. Do you know what it is like to tell Ahosia that you need not use the bedica before the holy bath, for you cannot possibly be bleeding? Do you know how motherhood could do that? Akusherna said, yes, and we of him nodded, for they were both mothers of several children. Beska heard this and remembered it, and her resentment was no longer on the surface. It was supplanted by wonder. However, this month-old child here, he could off is different than all the children that grew in my womb, she said. Did you know that he did not eat for two days after he was born? 
That is not possible, exclaimed Akusherna. The Hosea who cared for him was a fool, explained Beska, and he did not know what the baby required. It should have died in a very cruel death, but he was not beyond reclamation when I found him in the kitchen at the tell. He is very different, yes. He has made so little sound and has not been so voracious with my milk, even as this newborn drinks it as a bricklayer would quaff his beer. Yet, he grows quickly, and has already become friends to my second youngest. Her two friends then inclined their heads at the mention of the girl. Besko was quick to assuage them. She is not ill anymore, she explained. Did I not tell you this already? Yes, after two weeks of her laying besides Hikadoff, laying her head on his and saying, Baby, the twisted growth has all but disappeared. She has a name now, which was suggested by the cleric Lysigam from the Tell. He said to name her Elimaha, who was a lady who appeared in the Tobed story. I call her Elim, which I find sounds kinder when spoken aloud. Wievim nodded happily, but Akusherna needed to suppress a rebuke for going against the suggestion of a cleric. She was also wary of something. You speak as if this baby, said Akusherna, the orphan from the Tell, had himself healed your daughter who was under Gudin's penitence. She wanted to go on and say aloud that it could not be so, but she let her statement stand on its own. It hung there for a long moment before we Avam asked, Do you think that happened, Beska? Beska did not answer the question, because she did not want to lie to her friends, and was not clear as to what answer would be a lie. She wished that Leban would come home and see his new daughter, and that her friends would feel as though their obligation to her was fulfilled. She was uncomfortable with the fact, but she did believe that it was the boy who healed her daughter. I cannot speak a falsehood, she said. I cannot do it now. She regarded the space between her, her friends, and the low ceiling, knowing that it was not merely the thick, dusty city air. You need not speak a falsehood, said Weavum, who reached over to squeeze her hand. It was all right then for them to be silent again. She held on to the hand as they sat there for a long time. Akusherna, who could not bear to meet Beska's eyes, gazed at Hikadoff. He had stopped feeding, and he had leaned his head against the wide, pink nipple. His eyes were pointed upwards. After a time, all but the tiny newborn were looking in the same direction. The censor was written and narrated by Seth Brady, with music by Noah Pardo. If you want to ask me a question about the podcast or this story or the world, please tweet me at tcensor, that's at T-C-E-N-S-E-R, or email me at thecensorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to thecensor.com which has rich lore and all the episodes available for streaming. If you want to know more about Noah Pardo, who makes the music for this series, please check out his Instagram at npxsound on Instagram. Check it out, please. And please like and comment this show on wherever you happen to be viewing it, and also share it, tell people about it. 
appreciate it if you really do appreciate it. Don't appreciate it too much. I don't want anybody telling me that they've found Yos and they understand his love and all that. No, Yos is not real. Neither is Leban or Beska or Hikadaf or any, or any of her friends. They're all fantasy characters. Just enjoy it, please, and tell people about it. If you like it, I hope you like it. Either way, if you are here listening, I thank you.